Welcome to this very special, not even URT number podcast from Reality TV Warriors. My name is Michael Harmstone, and joining me as ever is, I guess, our LA correspondent now, Logan Saunders. Afternoon. Afternoon. The welcome return of Logan after he missed his first TAR podcast since the Major Race 25 last week. And I guess we have a lot to talk about because Logan, as I mentioned last week, has been to LA. He went to the Amazing Race 28 after party and was there when Matt and Dana officially won. He went to the Survivor reunion and you could see him sitting next to Dr. Joe and I want to know what you guys talked about. (laughs) And you also went to Let's Make a Deal, I believe? Yep. Was there anything else that hasn't come out yet in terms of visits that you made? In terms of, like, TV-wise? Yeah. Uh, no, that was pretty much it. And then also meeting up with some of the other super fans that I've known online for five years or so. And going to Santa Monica Pier as well to pay homage to uh, Jim off of Marsha. Yeah, I found the nail. I found the bloody nail. <laughs> and appearing on Justin's Snapchat last weekend as well? Yes, during the, yep, yeah, we pretty much hung out almost the whole day. And making awkward small talk with Tyler and Corey that I definitely hope was not awkward at all. <laughs> no, it was Justin who tried to make it awkward. <laughs> Good. Because he's like... I made, I asked him to. Because <laughs> uh, me and Tyler, you know, we were just having a casual conversation. And then Justin's like, do you realize who this guy is? This, this conversation isn't awkward at all for you guys. And as he was filming us talking... It's like, Justin, we're having a nice conversation here. What are you doing? (laughs) Another one of my favorite pictures from last weekend that Justin sent me was uh, the picture of you and Tyler talking, and you and Brittany sort of towering over Tyler by about a foot. (laughs) Yeah, actually, uh, like, for anyone who's tuning into this podcast, um, I'm not really going to be gossiping about any of the racers or the survivors. It's more of... <laughs> it's more of it being from a self-reflexive fan perspective, especially for me as somebody who's never been to any of these type of events and following the show for you know fifteen or sixteen years. So, well, about sixteen years now. So, just how crazy it is to actually meet everyone in person and just hang out and socialize and just just relax with them, essentially. And any of the photos that we talk about are brought together in the collage that I've made for the banner for this week as well. So you you can clearly see right in the middle the uh, the towering over picture. And yes. all the Survivor pictures are on there. There's a glimpse of Logan's Let's Make a Deal outfit on there. It was, an, it was a crazy week, like, even outside of all the reality TV and game show stuff, like, just visiting LA for the first time in my life and traveling on my own and... Just all of the crazy, spontaneous stuff that happened during the week is just, you know, that ex- the experience was priceless. It really was. So, do you want to start with your opinions on the three finale first? Because you missed Big Brother Canada as well, which we haven't mentioned yet. Yeah, because I went nine days without internet and television. Which, you know, he's used to in Canada, but... No, but like, in all seriousness, no, I probably haven't gotten, I probably haven't gone more than, what, three days without using the internet or tuning into the news pretty much my whole life. And then to go on this trip where I'm so out of the loop on everything for a week and a half, it was an interesting experience, especially with, uh, actually when I got back home, 
uh, about halfway through my trip, I made a joke saying, I have no idea what's going on back, uh, you know, back in Vernon, back in uh, Canada where I live. For all I know, you know, my house burned down while I was gone. And then when I fly back and I meet up with my brother at one o'clock in the morning, you know, uh, the day that I fly back in, uh, I told him that I made that joke. And then uh, one of my other siblings was supposed to be up visiting for this weekend. And then my brother said, oh, um, you know, our other uh, brother isn't going to be visiting for this weekend after all because his, uh, his entire apartment building burned down. And, yeah, it was just surreal thinking, no, 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 you're joking. Because I made that same joke to somebody about three days earlier. Like somebody's, you know, my brother's house didn't, or apartment didn't actually burn down. And he's like, no, 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 it was on CBC News for two days straight. And they were told to get out like five o'clock in the morning they don't even know if their car is okay in the parking garage and all they got out was their wedding rings and one of their cell phones and a wallet that was all they got out of the apartment before everything started burning down oh god yeah so should we start with big brother canada i guess so yeah i just caught up on that uh this morning managed to avoid spoilers for a week and a half i'm kind of proud of myself Despite the fact that I did uh, send in the message saying, have you seen Big Brother Canada? Well, you sent me that? I don't even remember seeing that. It was when you were live with Justin. Oh, yeah. Oh, right, right. You asked me if I'd seen it, and I said, no spoilers, and that was it. But, uh, yeah, we caught Big Brother Canada. Um, it's a real shame that that's what the final two ended up being, but it didn't surprise me. But what did surprise me is that I thought the jury was leaning towards Kelsey, but then Nick and Phil, you know, win the jury vote by quite a large margin. Yeah, and I don't know if you've seen June Song's opinions on this, but she uh, wrote Kelsey a jury speech that would have won it her, basically. Mm-hmm. Both of them had terrible jury speeches. That's what I thought, like, like they're, they're both painfully bad, because Kelsey's entire speech was, oh, I relied upon this person, I relied upon that person, um, then I was on my own and relied on Nick and Phil, and I'm thinking... You just, you have to say that you did something on your own. And then what was even weirder, which I don't think I've ever seen before, is that both people in the final two claim that they never lied, that each of them only told one lie the entire game, and that for the rest of the game they didn't tell any lies or deceive people whatsoever, which is kind of unprecedented, especially with the, with current uh, juries in reality TV where lying is viewed as an acceptable trait to possess for the most part. Yeah, I have to say, Kelsey lost the jury vote rather than Nick and Phil winning it. I think yeah. everyone went into it going, please, Kelsey, please just do something so we don't have to crown Nick and Phil the winners. Yeah. And then everyone goes, like, when the jury wall went to vote and said, oh, um, you have the luckiest win in Big Brother history. I, I thought they were just referencing that Kelsey was evicted, came back, and then she gets to beat the brothers. But no, they were actually talking about Nick and Phil. Yeah. And it's kind of a crappy ending to a pretty good season. Definitely better than last season. Mm-hmm. Oh no, wait, Sarah Sarah won last season, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Better winner last season, mm-hmm. but I think the season this time was stronger overall. Well, the last few weeks were good, I guess, but the whole Jared and Kelsey storyline dominated for seven or eight weeks, so I think that was a bit much. Like, the last season didn't really have that. You had what, Kevin and Zach being central characters for, you know, the first two or three weeks, and then it just shifts to Sarah, Brittany, and Godfrey after that. Yeah, I'm glad we didn't have to podcast about this season. (laughs) 
No, because it was just. Well, well, I mean, it would, we would be forced to talk about Jared and Kelsey the whole time and struggle to find scenes with everyone else until it got to week eight when producers finally gave up on showing uh, Jared and Kelsey anymore because they realized the audience uh, didn't want to see them all that much. As fun as it would have been to talk about Nikki Graham being awesome, mm-hmm. I'm quite glad we didn't do Big Brother Canada this year. And what was up with Tim giving up at the final <laughs> in part two? He had another 20 minutes to try different combinations to work with. Why would he do that? He's a wild card. And on the subject of Canadian television, yay for Major Race Canada being a pain in the arse. Why, why is it a pain? Coming back 10 days early. <laughs> oh, it's I didn't know that. I sent you this message. Major Race Canada comes back on June 28th. Does that mean there's an extra round of play? Do you think they'd expand it to 13 episodes just because of how popular the series has become? I doubt it. From what I've heard, there's less teams this season than last season. Spoiler. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There's less than 12. They're not going the Amazing Race Israel route. Yeah, less than 12. (laughs) And Amazing Race Asia news. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That's that's crazy. Amazing Race Asia 5. 5. We haven't had a season in... Seven, six, I think it is. Six years. Just yeah, they're just after season sixteen, right, or just before it? After sixteen, between sixteen and seventeen. So yeah, it's been yeah six years since we had the Amazing Race Asia. I'm so excited to see it back again, and with Alan Wu as well. Wu has been confirmed. Oh, it's a Wu revival. It is, (laughs) and we better get puns. That's all I want. He's had six years to come up with new puns. Alan is going to be on his A on his A game. He better be. <laughs> I think we kind of have to podcast about Amazing Race Asia. We have to, yeah. If it's convenient and awesome, we have to do it. Maybe that could replace Amazing Race uh, 29. Yes, because that's the other interesting piece of news, because like the, I believe the unofficial rule with broadcasting English versions of Amazing Race outside of the U.S. is that it can't conflict with the U.S. airing schedule, so that's why Amazing Race Canada always has to air during the summer. Same with Amazing Race uh, Australia. And then you have Amazing Race Asia, which always had to air in the hiatuses between seasons. So uh, with Amazing Race Asia, it can just air in the fall. if Because uh, Amazing Race 29, it's going to air like mid-season or maybe not even till the spring. Yeah, it's going to be mid-season, apparently. Which is very convenient for me, because we have some plans in the work for in the works for what we're doing in autumn, but... Yeah. I can't say it's a surprise, because I did kind of lower everyone's expectations when, in back end of March, Amazing Race 29 was confirmed. I kind of lowered everyone's expectations and said, don't assume we're getting 30 just yet. It's, un- it's not confirmed. They haven't told us how many it is. What were the ratings for... Uh... For 28. Or the finale, I should say. It dipped below a 1.0 again, I think. For the finale? Yeah. Oh, man. I don't think it was great. So, like, the overall millions of viewers, was that lower than the 26th finale? I'm not 100%. So that'll be interesting to look up, because if the social media stars, you know, when you got, like, Bernie Nashley and Tyler and Corey on the season, and that ratings dipped below what it was a year ago, even with their uh, quote-unquote star power, that's a big sign. Because it makes you wonder what's going to happen when, 
it's all new people for next season that don't have quite the same following. Well, we're assuming it is. It might be another gimmicky season, yeah. No one actually Yeah, knows. they could very well just cast people who are recognizable, for all we know. Go, just keep going down that route. Even if it's all new people, just do it like with social media stars, where you have people that are somewhat identifiable. Except for me, because I didn't know a single person in the 28 cast. But now I know almost everyone. Yay! <laughs> have you listened to our podcast from last week yet? Um, I was trying to listen to it, but my parents were kept asking me about my trip, so I only I heard I tried to skip to parts where you guys were making fun of me. So I heard the beginning part and some of the, especially the Marty. I saw the stinger with my <laughs> interaction with Marty, with Marty and Hagen with the uh, <laughs> with the epic small talk that out of all eight hours that Justin could film, I think he got like three or four six second videos of me. And one of them he used was me talking to Marty and Hagen. He just happened to be filming during the conversation, like just when I first initially met them at the start of the party. And that's the video he saved and distributed to everyone. And the same video that he showed during his Racers Recap finale podcast uh, a few days ago. So thanks, Justin. (laughs) Yeah, that was the bit that I was wondering whether you'd heard. The fact that, you know, Amazing Race 28 ended... And just, who won, Logan? Just out of interest. Dana and Matt won, despite my editing analysis predictions, where I frequently said they had 0% chance of winning based on the edit. Little did I know that that 0% should have had a 0 and a 1 in front of it. Sorry, Michael Harmstone, but there wasn't one iota of a projected redemption that occurred last week. A team that fluctuates between having meltdowns and invisibility may very well be one of the worst possible edits you can get as a contestant on a reality show. I sound like a broken record at this point, but Dana and Matt have a 0% chance of winning this season. I'll never live that one down. Thank you. Actually, I need to thank the producers and editors because I brag so often about how often that I'm right about who wins in the season based on the edit. And for the first time in Amazing Race history since Freddie and Kendra won... We get a real curveball that just, that I, you know, I just, it was a complete swing and a miss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was funny at that party, too, because when we're all watching the finale together, I think it was right near the end when Dana and Matt won, and I could have sworn that Sherry glanced over at me and just gave me the biggest smirk possible. Because <laughs> she was the only one who read all of my editing analysis blogs each week. And then... I waited for, because the whole final three, after the finale uh, was finished showing, um, the three teams were all talking together, and everyone was congratulating them, and then, because I'm the the guy that pretty much smuggled, uh, got smuggled into the party, I really didn't want to, like, jump in and be like, hey, guys! Um, but I waited a little bit to uh, talk to Sherry and said, yeah, I think I might retire from the whole editing analysis thing, because I was very wrong. And then she just kind of laughed at me. So that that was pretty good. I genuinely don't know why you agreed to do a podcast with me when you know full well I'm going to bring that up. <laughs> yeah. It was great, though, because I saw the lead and, like, there's... Because it got to the point where, where Dean and Matt uh, didn't keep their taxi, and I thought, oh, maybe Sherry and Cole are going to catch up, because there's no way Dean and Matt are going to win. Like, this is only, like, 25 minutes or so left in the finale, and then when Dana gets to that final roadblock and starts putting it all together and the edit's not even hinting that she's going to screw up at the task, then I realized, holy crap, 
Dana and Matt are winning this season, and the whole casual audience is going to freak out about it, and there's nothing I can do. And then, yeah, then Dana and Matt win by what I that's presume is... 40 minutes. From 40 I, minutes. So yeah. that's right up there with Dan and Jordan's 40-minute victory and uh, Uchen and Joyce's 45-minute victory, I think. Uh, I think those three uh, wins are the largest margins of defeat, I think. Has anybody won by a larger margin? I'm not sure. Maybe the Tims? Did the Tims win by a larger amount with the flowers and all that crap? Well, the Tims won. The Tims won by a ferry, so it was only about ten minutes, probably. Okay. Because I'm pretty sure, although I was too injured to go on the Toronto Islands ferry, I'm pretty sure they're about every ten minutes. But yeah, I must admit when Dana and Matt jumped onto the finish line i did a little happy dance purely because i knew that i could take the piss out of you <laughs> yeah you like this is five of the last six everyone, US everyone's ones. gonna forever remember that moment of me doing a, a rare editing analysis blog where i keep up with it each week and it happens to be the most wrong i've ever been about a season ever <laughs> yeah five out of the last six u.s seasons i've correctly predicted now <laughs> but did did you enjoy the finale? It was the very first episode of Amazing Race that I have not watched that I watched without writing down writing down or typing down any notes in like five or six years because you got to think I've been doing the the Tarstorian blogs where you know that's 270 episodes or so now of typing down notes as I go along and then you got to think of all these Amazing Race podcasts we've been doing for close to three years now. Where this I'm is our ninth episode. season we have just ended, I think. Yeah. Including so that's nine, Australia. nine seasons plus the 18 or plus the 22 seasons I've blogged so far. So you got to think this is the first episode in about 31 seasons of Viewing the Amazing Race where I didn't have to take down any notes and I could just sit back, relax, and watch the episode with everyone else in the room. And... I know this finale got a lot of rubbish about it for being a bit linear, but I really enjoyed it. Not just because I proved you horrendously wrong, but I think it was actually one of the stronger finales we've seen recently. Yeah, like it wasn't a terrible design, and I heard that the hashtag challenge wasn't which you correctly predicted as the final memory challenge. If yeah, I I've not mentioned that yet. Yeah. Yeah, hashtag Cascade. <laughs> Go ahead and six. take credit for that, Michael. I did last week. In week six's recap, I did say that maybe the hashtag Cascade would be part of a final memory challenge, and what do you know, I was right. <laughs> anyway, you were saying, before I take all the credit. Yes, um, but yeah, just uh, plus they didn't do the whole finale right within LA. It was, actually, it was for once... Uh, Another city in California, even though it's still somewhat close by. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't the worst one we've ever seen, and at least the hashtags weren't as easy as we thought they were going to be, because apparently there was about 35 hashtags. Mm -hmm. So it, it could have been a lot easier for them. Yeah. It's just that when they're, it's so anticlimactic when a team is ahead by nearly an hour, it's kind of tough to create suspense of the final task, and you really don't want that to... Uh, be your bread and butter of the finale episode. You you would want to use all the footage from earlier when the teams were closer together. I still think that it's one of the weaker final memory challenges we've seen because I I love a, a difficult final memory challenge where people have a chance to catch up. 
Well, look at last season. They did three of them. They did like three like micro-memory challenges, which was a bit of a neat concept. And also we saw Logan and Chris's... I think this is an Oregon flag. <laughs> Oregon, India, same thing. <laughs> Say tomato. Yeah, I, th- I think the 27 finale was stronger overall. Yeah. But yeah, this this one, it wasn't... It wasn't uh, eating a deep dish pizza and then crossing the finish line. No. With a train blocking off second place. Yes, with the train blocking second place to disrupt the foot race and instead crowning Freddie and Kendra as their winners. And seeing as though you mentioned your Tower Story and blog, what the hell happened to your plan to finish Amazing Race 18 before you went to LA? I was so stressed out before leaving for LA, I couldn't even focus on it. I tried so hard, but then... I would, like, sleep a lot, and then I wouldn't sleep at all. Like, prior to the trip, I think I only got a couple hours of sleep in each of the last two or three nights before going to L.A., especially because I didn't really have a set place where I was going to be staying during the night for each night that I was there. Like, I didn't get plans uh, locked down for I was sleeping until about 10.30 at night uh, when I was there. (laughs) Jeepers. Yeah. So I was a bit stressed. I'm like, uh, where where do I go? <laughs> was it a bit daunting having to navigate LA as well? Or? Oh my god! Uh, like I was meeting up with Jessica Frey at Universal Studios on Sunday, and we were gonna be there by like nine or nine thirty in the morning. I took a bus about an hour and a half in the wrong direction, <laughs> or forty five minutes in the wrong direction, and probably and I figured I lost a total of an hour and fifty minutes. Uh, before meeting up with her, <laughs> and then and then some of the people on transit and stuff just gave me horrible directions the next day on how to get to the Griffith Park Observatory. So that was annoying. You should have followed up on my suggestion with Griffith Observatory, which is go on a Saturday or a Sunday when there's the cheap bus from Hollywood. Yeah, there's just well, there was just so much going on that, like so yeah, Sunday I was at Universal all day. Saturday was at Let's Make a Deal, so Monday was really the only day I had set aside for the observatory. Because Tuesday I was out in Santa Monica and Venice Beach all day. I know Universal very well, though. Mark and I both got uh, annual passes when we were there in 2013 for Universal. So I know that area very well. I was there for eight or nine hours, and there was still so much I still could have done. It was crazy. Well, it was actually cheaper to get an annual pass for $99 than it was to get a two-day pass because we were going to be going more than one day because we stayed reasonably around the corner for LA. Mm. But all we did for some days was just ride Jurassic Park. It was awesome. Yeah, all I got a chance to do was we went through Harry Potter World. Which wasn't Uh, there when I went. Which No, which just opened up like a month and a half ago, I think. So it was very new. A lot of... It's mainly just a lot of shops there, though, to try and get you to buy stuff, I've noticed. They only had a couple of rides as well. Although the ride inside of Hogwarts was really neat. And uh, then we checked out Springfield, which was pretty cool. Uh, Ate at uh, Krusty Burger and drank Death Beer inside of Moe's Tavern. Which also wasn't there when I went. No, it wasn't? It was Springfield? I think it was 2014 they opened uh, the extension. They had the Simpsons ride. Oh, they did have the Simpsons ride, yeah. I I went on that. But they hadn't uh, extended... The Springfield area. Yeah, they had a yeah, they had a Quickie Mart. They had a whole bunch of Simpsons stuff there, which is cool for me. For somebody, anyone who knows me, like before I got into watching like reality TV and stuff, like uh, Harry Potter and uh, well, 
especially The Simpsons. The Simpsons was probably my biggest childhood obsession for uh, animated comedies, I would say. Like I have Simpsons Jeopardy, Simpsons Trivia. Uh, my brothers collected uh, Simpsons Pogs from the, you know, those 80s Pog toys that everyone plays with. Um, and then uh, I have the Simpsons game for uh, the Wii, Simpsons Hit and Run. So fair amount of Simpsons memorabilia that I have. Plus my uh, poker chip or my uh, card protector when I play poker is uh, Bart Simpson. And you you somehow managed to make your way not to the Survivor finale, but to sit in like the front section. Yep, of the reunion show. No joke, I woke up on Thursday before I'd even watched Survivor. I wasn't even going to turn my phone on. I woke up to a tweet off Krista saying, oh my god, I've just seen Logan. So I was watching out for you during the reunion, and as soon as Dr. Joe got up, I went, holy shit, how the hell did he get there? <laughs> what the hell? So the story was, that was through seat fillers. Um, it was through, like, a seat filler thing. And, uh, and then I just happened, or I was trying to sign up for it. Like, usually, I think you sign up for it, like, a week or so before the finale. So I was hoping to sign up for it. Before I went down to LA, because I knew that my access to a computer or internet would be very, very limited. And then, well, I think it was Saturday. Yeah, when all I was at Let's Make a Deal, after the taping was over, uh, I get a text from Jessica saying, oh, the signups are up. You, uh, you know, uh, uh, need to sign up now. And then right before the end of the night, I still had that access to a computer, and it was around, I think it was... Like 10, 10, 10 to 9 o'clock at night. And I guess the sign-ups closed right at 9 o'clock, so that'd be midnight on the East Coast. And I tried to get someone else to sign in for me to uh, to sign up. And I think I forgot my username or my password or something like that because it didn't end up working out. But then, uh, so at first I thought, oh, crap, I'm not even going to be able to go to the finale or reunion show at all. It'll, it'll just be the after party. That really sucks. But then... Uh, Somebody else who I've known in the reality TV community for several years, um, he's sort of fallen out of the community as a whole. He's not really interested in Survivor all that much anymore. Just a lot of personal changes in his life. And I guess he didn't want to go to the finale, so instead I got his ticket. And then all the other super fans I've known for a while were there in line. There was, you know, Big Mike, there's Brian Wildman, and there was Jillian was in line as well. Um, probably yeah, Purple Kelly too. Purple Kelly was right behind me in line, and I guess once we go into the studio, you fill any seat that's empty, and they just direct you to it. And the people that were behind us, anybody who was more than about fifteen people behind us, pretty much had no chance of getting a seat in there. From from what I remember, like there wasn't that many empty seats, uh, so I was lucky to be close to the front of the line. And initially, the seat they directed me to had some stuff on it, and on the back of the chair it said, oh, seat reserved for fire marshal. And I thought, well, I can't sit there. Like, the fire marshal's going to be in there. Like, there's there's no way there, that the fire marshal is not, not going to sit down <laughs> during the finale to keep an eye on things. Like, like that, I'm going to be kicked out of that seat so fast. So then I point out to the person saying, well, this isn't really an empty seat. This is the fire marshal seat. He's going to be here. <laughs> so then they were frantically trying to direct everyone around so then she directed me to these two chairs and there was one person right behind me so I filed in the chair second from the end 
and then the one guy sat in the chair at the end, and then about a half hour goes by, and the one producer comes over and says, oh, um, we're probably going to need both of your seats uh, pretty soon. I'll let you know when. And she looks at the, the back of our chairs, and she's like, oh, yeah, for sure we're going to need at least that one, which was the person who was sitting on the end. And I look at the name that's behind his chair, and it's Dr. Joe written right on it. And I'm thinking, oh, yeah, he's totally going to be removed. And, I, and that's when I pieced together that Dr. Joe was going to be sitting there and most likely interviewed because it was three medical evacuations. Like, that's the one of the big stories of the season. Then I look behind my chair, and it was like, said something like Mark Sorensen's guest or something like that. And in my head, I realized there's no way that person is showing up. It's just some random name I don't even recognize, and it's their guest whose chair I'm, I'm sitting in. So chances are that person doesn't really exist. But Dr. Joe certainly exists, so I'm going to be sitting next to Dr. Joe uh, for the second half of the show, and pretty much from about 9 o'clock onwards until the end of the reunion, for two hours I was sitting next to Dr. Joe, and producers were constantly going up to him, telling him when his segment was going to be, and Dr. Joe had some notes in his hand as to what he was going to say. And, yeah, so that was, I really lucked out because the people who I was there with did not get uh, seats as good as mine. <laughs> the question I've been waiting to ask for a couple of days, was there any Dr. Joe small talk? Yes, there was. Yes! He, there was these, like, where, right when he, because somebody asked me, is he British or Australian? Well, I'm pretty sure Dr. Joe was Australian because when he sat down, he just glanced over at me and said, Oh, uh, how's it going, mate? He is from Yorkshire in England. What? He called me mate. Weirdly, I was actually discussing with Anthony Williams where he's from uh, before this podcast. But he called me mate. Do do say mate? Yeah, we, call, we say mate. Oh, well... But Dr. Joe is definitely English. Okay. I go, there goes my theory. I thought for sure he's a... Well, I was Australian. Maybe if he talked about dingoes, then maybe I should have locked that that assumption in. But no, he's, he's English. But yeah, um, I was talking to him, and he said, yeah, Neil's knee was as disgusting as it looked on TV. Oh yeah, then he was just uh, asking me some stuff, and he was surprised. He was. I, I told him that I came in all the way from Canada, and that this was my personality. He's like, oh shit, Canada. <laughs> That is the natural reaction when you tell anyone from England uh, about Canada. Oh shit, Canada? Yeah. We have fans up there? <laughs> Canada's populated? There was one guy in the audience, though, who was sitting at the very, very back of the reunion show audience, who was from South Africa. So he traveled a lot further than I did. Like, there was one other person in the audience, too, who was from England. So... It's like, yeah, I think uh, I think West Co the Canadian West Coast kind of gets beat by uh, South Africa. <laughs> you would have known if Dr. Joe was Australian if he called you a bloody bogan. Yeah, a bloody bogan. Or a ranger. Or a drongo. Okay. Oh, yeah, and I was seated right behind Michelle's family. I haven't checked back to see if you can see me when Michelle's family is celebrating, but I sat directly behind them. Yeah, I was just about to say this. You were very visible when Michelle won. <laughs> when she ran into the audience, you could just see see you there just looking up at her. <laughs> That's great. Wasn't as clear as the Dr. Joe one, but yeah, we no, could see No, no. Yeah, I've seen some of the Dr. Joe uh, pictures, and yeah, I, I'm pretty blatantly in those shots. Because yeah, when Michelle won, I tried to stare into the camera just to... <laughs> 
just so like if my parents could see me because I don't know how wide the shot is with the camera so I was like trying to like get my head through so <laughs> that was a fun time very but, yeah, as it happens but, yeah with Michelle's family right behind me because it was only four it was only four rows of seats in front of me it went um Sydney's family in the front row then it was Aubrey's family then it was Ty's family in the third row, and then it was Michelle's family. And considering I thought Michelle was gonna win, um, I'm like, oh, I really want Michelle to win even more so now because if she wins, like, my chances of being able to be shown on screen go up by about eighty or ninety percent. You had to know as soon as you found out Doctor Joe was sitting next to you that you would be on screen in some description. <laughs> yeah, that too. Yeah, but I'm thinking, man, I could. Oh, that's what people were texting me too. Uh, after it was over, they said, oh, you got more airtime on the reunion show than half of the contestants on the season. You really did. There was, by my count, there were six people who got asked a question. Only six? Yeah, they spent a lot of time on Ty. Like, because the whole Sia thing, and even even during the breaks, they were like, wow, Ty's getting a lot of airtime. Yeah, it, it, I think, off the top of my head, I might be wrong here, it was Caleb, Ty, Aubrey, Debbie... Uh, Michelle, and who was the other one? Uh, Neil. No, Neil didn't get, get asked a question, did he? Joe did. Joe, yeah. It, yeah, it was Joe, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Getting it done at 71. Yeah, because I was really... I was kind of surprised that Neil didn't get asked a question, although I think he probably would have called the twist bullshit, so I kind of understand why they didn't ask him a question. Yeah. Do, do you know the story behind why Neil said what he said to Michelle on his way out. No, that wasn't really talked about. Actually, it was interesting. What A really awkward part of the Survivor finale is that, you know how Mich- I was sitting right behind Michelle? Well, sitting right behind me was two women who were very anti-Michelle. Oh, no. <laughs> and they kept, they were like, oh, I can't believe she's doing this or saying that. Or, oh, I can't believe she voted out Neil and just, just making fun of her because I think they really wanted Aubrey to win and possibly tie. But yeah, they're just pissed off with Michelle the whole time, and then in the row in front of me, you have Michelle's parents who are, especially Michelle's mom. Michelle's mom was the seat directly in front of me, and she was crying all the way throughout the finale, just on the edge of her seat about everything that was going on. Like when Michelle won that immunity challenge, like she was just bawling during the whole commercial break. Like that was so it was awkward that I'm pretty much the buffer between the most anti-Michelle camp in the whole audience. And the most pro-Michelle uh, camp you can only have in the audience, but probably in real life. <laughs> yeah. Well, apparently, uh, this is uncorroborated, but apparently this is how the story goes. The reason he said that she wasn't a badass bitch is because Michelle's audition tape got leaked onto Sucks and Reddit before they went out and filmed the season. Mm. And in her audition tape, she called herself a badass bitch. Mm. Which is, and Neil and Nick were the only two of the cast to actually see it. Which is why Neil talked about her not being a badass bitch. But the reason I think that Probes didn't ask Neil a question, especially about his reaction to getting voted out of the jury, was because obviously he hates acknowledging that there is a world outside of Survivor. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. That's interesting. That apparently is the reason why he said what he said. So what happened at the Survivor after party? Was there anything juicy? At the after party, I drank a lot. I drank too much. There was a lot of people you got pictures with. And every yes. single one you have a uh, a glass of something in. 
Yeah. <laughs> which, which, by the way, is my favorite running joke of the uh, the collage. Every single one, you have a glass in your hand. Well, this is the thing with the after party is that this was my lo- like I fly out the next morning to come back to Vernon, so I really wanted to just really have a fun night and you know get get like a bunch of Long Island iced teas at the bar. Was it an open bar? Or? Yeah, uh, no, it wasn't open bar, but. I got three Long Island iced teas throughout the night, but they only charged me for two of them on my tab. So I don't know how they missed that, but I'm glad that because I think they were charging like ten dollars for Long Island iced tea. So I, you know, I saved over ten bucks that way. Ouchies. Anyways, but there were so many contestants there, and you know, this is the first chance I get to take pictures with Survivor contestants in my life. So my friend Stephanie, who was with me, I was pretty much just trying to bump around from person to person. And she would take quickly ask them for a photograph, and Stephanie would talk to them for a couple minutes, and then I would try to get in on the conversation too. And you know, with so many contestants there, this you know the time just flies by. Like next thing you know, it's about two o'clock in the morning, and and you know it's it's time to go. <laughs> but yeah, I got a picture with uh, Rob Sesternino as well. I don't think he knew who I was. <laughs> in fact, I'm almost certain he didn't. <laughs> But he was very friendly. He was very friendly to me, though, and I was friendly to him, so it was all good. I was going to ask that. I, w- I was hoping and praying that he knew who you were. <laughs> I just, yeah, I didn't really want to mention it because it's like, it's, I just want to have a fun time. It was like the same thing with talking with Tyler Oakley. I didn't want to be like, oh, from our TV Warriors podcast, or I'd be like, hey, Tyler, why do you hate me? Like, that wouldn't be, that's, that wouldn't be a fun conversation to have. Like, that's a, that's a conversation we can have later, but in terms of it, in a meet and greet uh, format, you know, uh, I was just there to have fun. And I can tell that talking with Rob Sesternino, he was having a good time. And same thing with Tyler Oakley. Like, I don't think he dislikes me at all anymore. Cause we, we had a fun time. Like towards the end of the night, uh, he had a tray of a bunch of snacks that he was offering to everybody. And I accepted a two bite brownie from Tyler Oakley. And that will definitely not get clipped. What do you mean? <laughs> you saying I accepted a two-bite brownie off Tyler Oakley? <laughs> that definitely won't go in the uh, the eventual soundboard. <laughs> but I'm serious though. It was a two-bite. You know, it's those brownies that you eat in two bites, and yeah, there it was a it was those those circular brownies, and he was offering them to everybody, including me. And I'm like, thank oh, thanks, Tyler, and I had a two-bite brownie that he offered. Does this mean that when you you come over here, I've got to bake for you. Yeah. <laughs> you set setting high standards a... <laughs> for your trips now, Logan. I got a chocolate pretzel from Michael Armstone. Oh no, brownies are one of my things. No special brownies, though. I don't know what the, I don't know how they do it in Manchester. In fact, given that I know uh, you love chocolate, yeah, it would be something chocolatey I'd make you. Actually, true story. Um, while I was gone, uh, my coworker was in Germany for three weeks uh, visiting a couple of her siblings that she hadn't seen since uh, moving to Canada like 10 years ago or something like that. And before, we, before she left, I joked that she needed to bring uh, some chocolate back from Germany. And she actually brought some chocolate back. Yesterday was my first shift back, and I got to eat some German chocolate for the first time. Oh, Yeah, it's quite sugary. Yeah, I could tell. Uh, I could tell that. Uh, yeah, there's a lot more sugar in candy from across the pond. See, I'm really disappointed you preempted one of my questions, which was going to be who's the biggest asshole you met and why was it Rob Sesternino? <laughs> I was going to try and start a turf war. <laughs> a turf war, yes. 
Uh, anyone, I don't think anyone really acted like a jerk towards me. Like with the Amazing Race finale, I didn't know if I was going to get thrown out because I wasn't invited. I was not invited to the finale. Justin essentially smuggled me in. We showed up there really early and just pretended to blend in and just act like everything was cool. Like, you know, there was only two other fans who were at the viewing party. One was Peach Georgia. She was there. I talked to her for about 10 minutes or so, and I was really tired because it was like late in the night. I don't think she showed up till, I think, I don't think she even showed up till after the finale was over on TV. And the other fan was, I think, Somebody else from Reality Fan Forum who's t who's taken footage of the racers over the past few seasons when they go through L.A. And I think he worked at the hotel. And then there was me. So I know they didn't really want any podcasters there or, uh, you know, they, it was the last chance for a lot of them to see each other because a lot of these people have extremely busy lives overall. It's not It's not really wide open schedules that these particular teams have. And, uh... So I sort of just want to just blend in and just have a, you know, just not really draw too much attention to myself and not say anything too jerky for the whole night. Which is hard for you. I really, I really watch, I didn't want to, or not say anything jerky because that sounds like I'm, I'm a jerk on an everyday basis. Having met Logan for a day when we were in Vancouver, I can vouch that he's a horrible person in real life. <laughs> but I was just trying to watch that. I didn't make any, any of my jokes and stuff that... Could, that could go over badly. Like I, I, I made one uh, face cream reference when Kurt and Brody were brought up, and I just, <laughs> and I just got the biggest eye roll ever. <laughs> Who was that from? Kurt and Brody? Oh. No, because Kurt, Kurt and Brody and Cam and Darius were the only two teams who weren't at the finale party. It was actually, I think it was with Bernie and Ashley, because I was talking to them for like twenty minutes. Like actually, Michael, they said that out of, probably out of all the teams I talked to at the party there. Brian Ashley probably gave me or gave me the most praise for our podcast. Oh really? Oh yeah, they, yeah. They like we hadn't really. It's it's interesting because they haven't interacted with us in response to any of the podcast. But Bernie right away is like, "Oh, are you guys the podcast on SoundCloud? Uh, we really like you uh, st guys sticking up for us all season long." I'm... So they're they're out there listening to us, Michael. Like not everyone has to is obligated to make any remarks or directly reply to what we're saying. Some people just like to sit back and listen and just know we're just joking around and saying silly stuff all the time. For all my bravado, I am genuinely touched that Bernie and Ashley listen to us because we have, we've not cheerleaded them as much as we've cheerleaded Sherry, for example. But I am, I am genuinely quite proud of the fact that Bernie and Ashley listen to us because they are, if, if you had to look at all the teams from season 28 they are the team that is most like us guaranteed because we the two of us especially are massive massive gamers and rooster teeth is awesome i know ben is a massive fan of them as well so I, i'm genuinely quite touched by that <laughs> and we were talking for quite a while just we weren't even talking about amazing race stuff for quite a few minutes and then i think amazing race was brought up and then oh yeah i think like on reaction and psychology was a discussion for a bit and just the difference in fan bases that each of the teams had in terms of, like, I think it was something to do with, like, some teams were okay on social media with, like, saying stuff what happened in the episode and the fans being cool with it. But then I think for some of the teams, when they said stuff on social media, then their fans would be like, oh, thanks for posting a spoiler and stuff like that. 
I know that was one of the topics. Yeah. I mean, I know which fan bases it applied to, but I really don't want to say it because I don't want to make their fan bases angry or anything that, you know, that their favorite team was, was saying that about them. But anyways, so Kurt and Brody come up in conversation. The whole U-turn thing is discussed. And and then they were talking about like the jokes I made on the podcast as well and just how it was received. <laughs> how was it received? Because <laughs> that is a question I'm wondering. It was, I mean, I think there was only the thing at this, the incident at the start of the season we talked about a little bit. Actually, that was the only time all night that the elephant in the room in terms of the start of the season podcast was even talked about was when me and Bernie and Ashley were just casually talking. Did anyone mention my favorite stinger of the season, which was the face cream one? I, well, the thing is that, yeah, when we were talking about Kurt and Brody uh, and the whole, and the jokes I, that I've made and stuff, I was saying, uh, yeah, I'm sure, uh, I'm glad, I was like, I'm kind of glad Kurt and Brody couldn't show up to this finale party because I don't know if I could keep a straight face without mention, and not be able to mention the face cream thing the whole night. And then I remember just Ashley just smirking and just uh, giving me the biggest eye roll possible. <laughs> it was pretty good. It was all in good fun. I'm genuinely quite interested to see what people's reaction to that one was because I was I was in two minds about putting it in the podcast. I loved the idea of it and we did talk about it on, on the podcast. I can't even remember whether I, I kept in the discussion about what the sting would be actually on the podcast. But we did talk about it and I was so, so tempted to put it in. And I was like, are we going to get a bit of trouble for this? Because I think it's slightly more in the inappropriate end of what we do sometimes what i gathered from it when i referenced the face cream thing is that it's one of those oh logan making one of those jokes again uh, type face like that's like that's part of part of my personality i think we slightly took it too far and maybe in the edit i should have taken out one or two of the face cream jokes because we probably did about six or seven in that podcast well then that wouldn't be our podcast no. like we're supposed to be the podcast that has some of the people that say, oh, it's just them being stupid and silly again. You know, that's... My barometer is, would I laugh at it if I was listening to the podcast and not involved in it? And yes. I think most of that the time, yes, is too. <laughs> Like, with some of the other people out there in media and stuff, they just take things way too seriously. Like, we, we do do our analysis, and we, we certainly know our stuff when it comes to The Amazing Race and reality TV in general. But if you take yourselves too seriously then you're just not having fun at all yeah uh, like what's the point of doing this podcast then <laughs> we wouldn't do this podcast if we didn't have something to say and didn't think there was something different we could say yeah like i can't even imagine like it's going to be an infinite amount of fun i think if we can podcast about amazing race asia 5 like i am just so looking forward to that so am i and i'm really looking forward to amazing race canada 4 as well I think hopefully it will be a better season for us to talk about because hopefully the boot order will be a bit better. I know one team and I know nothing about the boot order. Yeah. Actually, Pete Georgia was telling me about all the locations for Amazing Race Canada for this season. Yeah, I know all the ones that uh, Mark Carroll has told me. Mm -hmm. But the last I heard, they'd left the country again. But I don't know where to. Oh, they're still filming, eh? I thought it'd be over by now. No, they were, they were doing Leg 8 a couple of days ago, so... Oh. But yeah, I don't know where they've actually ended up. I do need to ask that. Oh. And the funnest person I think that I talked to at the finale party wasn't even one of the contestants. It was Sherry's husband, Ken. 
we talked for at least like half an hour or so, and then Cole came over and got in on the conversation, but it was just, he's a hilarious guy. Like, we have a very similar sense of humor, I think, and we were just uh, swapping stupid jokes and stories for a good half hour or so. I was going to ask wh- whether it was someone from the Liberant family, because they were all there from what I could see. Yeah, they yeah, they were all there. All, all, I think all six kids were there just uh, <laughs> for running around and stuff. And a lot of, of course, a lot of Dana and Matt's family were there. So I talked to uh, Dana's uncle. I think I talked to quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, some of their siblings. I talked to Blair's sister and her fiance or her boyfriend. I'm not sure if it's her fiance or her boyfriend because I know they didn't really know anybody either. So it was it's, it was easier to talk to like the the friends and family of the contestants because they're sort of in the same situation that I was where. You know the party is really about the contestants saying goodbye to each other and sharing in in their experience. And then all the family and friends there, you know, they're sort of off to the side. And those are the people that I try to talk to a bit more. I mean, of course, I'd love to talk to the I try to talk to as many contestants as possible. But, you know, you sort of want them to have their experience. And as somebody who I remember, you have to keep in mind, I was not invited. I wasn't even really allowed to be there. Justin just essentially snuck me in. <laughs> and also, you have to remember that we haven't actually talked any shit about the friends and family of the uh, races this season. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the that's the thing too. That be if we made a joke about Ken or something, then yeah, then then that would have been awkward. But yeah, he he was a really awesome guy to talk to because he's a he's a professor, I think. Yeah, he's actually a professor in uh, linguistics, and of course, I. Took quite a few linguistics courses when I was in university, so there's that small talk with him. It wasn't quite like Marty and Hagen's small talk that you uh, love so much, but uh, but we were making jokes about like whoopee cushions and wanting to see Betty White on the Amazing Race or a vampire theme season. Like it was, uh, it, it was quite. I wish that convers that thirty minute conversation was recorded because it was kind of absurd. <laughs> the best thing about that Martin Hagen clip for me is it's just her reaction. Because I don't know what happened either side of the conversation, I'm sure. Yeah, like the conversation, like that, it wasn't like six seconds, and that was it. Like, I really want to see as much of LA as possible. Oh, that's great. No, that was just six seconds of a conversation that goes on probably for three or four minutes with Marty and Hagen. Yeah, given that we don't know either side of the conversation, it was like an eight hour party, so you probably can't remember any of the rest of the conversation. I just love the fact that. That's the part that, re- that Justin recorded. I just love the fact that the one thing we see from Hagen is just, oh, that's great. And then <laughs> you he know, says... You know what I thought about, too, um, yet last night, is that, you know how at the start of the season we made the joke about, with Cam and Darius and Marty and Hagen, how, you know, Cam and Darius were like, oh, that's great, I, that's, what, that's what you're known for. I remember that. Not really. And then, you know... Martin Hagen in this situation get to take Cam and Darius's place, and I'm the Martin Hagen, and I'm the one that gets the oh, that's great treatment. Like that is just poetic. I <laughs> like that joke. Like that whole co- that six second clip that Justin recorded is definitely made at my expense. But eh, that was po- I think for this podcast, that's poetic. I think yeah. I think that's part of the reason why I sort of needed to be there. Is so you know we spend all season making our jokes and commentary and stuff, you know, and we're the ones that I, I don't want to say we have any power, but we're the ones that are sort of like, oh, how would I put it? Like in, 
influencing how the audience sees the episode, I guess. We're social media influencers, to use a yeah. term from the uh, the actual episode. Like we have, because we're not we're not the subjects. We're the we're we're on the outside. Like they they can't really they can't really get to us because we're just people that have, really have nothing to do with the show whatsoever. So then, for me to be in there on their turf, and I'm the one that gets to be the subject is that as they all can make remarks about me and make me a direct agent into what's going on. That was a really interesting experience. Cause then, yeah, you have stuff like Martin Hagen where it's like, Oh, you know, here's Logan, you know, here's six seconds of an awkward conversation involving Logan. Or when I met Lauren and Jackie and, uh, Justin introduced exactly what podcast I was. Jackie remembered the article that Ben wrote about her. And I think she listened to her podcast a bit. And then Laura listened to her podcast. And the first thing she said when Justin mentioned which podcast I was, she's like, oh, you're the guys who talk shit about us. <laughs> and then I was thinking, I never talked. I didn't talk shit about Laura and, and uh, Tyler. I was the one that was making all the Judd Apatow references and stuff. And I realized, oh, crap. That was all of Ben's commentary that she she remembers and all the stuff Ben said about Laura and, uh, and Tyler. But then I can't really, but then I made a joke saying, oh, you know, that was all Ben. And then there's back and forth about how it's like, oh, you're just uh, throwing the guy under the bus who can't defend himself when he's here. And it was, it was actually a pretty hilarious conversation. It wasn't, it wasn't mean spirited at all. It was just a fun thing that happened. But then it was just one of those moments when you realize, yeah, these people, it's one thing for them to listen to us, you know, through the internet or the computer screen, but to meet these people in person and have them directly provide feedback for what we say, uh, you know, hundreds of hours of material stuff that I don't even remember saying anymore. Like maybe, maybe I did say something, you know, stupid about Laura and Tyler, you know, amongst all the other praise, maybe there was a couple of jokes I made, you know, that were, you know, that came at their expense. Or just, you know, one week where, you know, they're not that interested and maybe I called them boring too. And he just he, it's just interesting that that whole, that whole separation was just completely removed uh, when I was there for the finale party. I mean, we know full well that Jackie has read the article that Ben wrote about her as part of the Reality TV Hall of Fame. Because, you know, I'm still getting emails on the Yattencast email saying uh, this person liked the Jackie tweet. Hmm. But I think it, I think it would be quite interesting to get someone who was at that party with you and see what they think about it. Not necessarily actually do it, but it would actually be quite interesting, I suspect, just because everyone has a different opinion and maybe people remember different things that we've said. I know that basically every team that we have talked about in the past nine seasons of Tar Podcasting, we've maybe made a couple of jokes at their expense, especially in the previews. Yeah, the preview is more like... A... I always view the preview as like a rite of passage, more like a, it's it's like a roast. I, I that's what I find the preview to be. It's like a roast, and then once if you can handle that initial preview, then you know uh, that was just a fun thing. Like no other, nobody out there really goes as hard as we do at that. But just uh, after they get through that little rite of passage, then you know they're sort of part of our little RTV Warriors family from that point onwards. Yeah. I <laughs> You can probably count on one hand how many people we've gone a bit too far with. Yeah, like that happens. I mean, just think, hundreds of hours we have spent talking about The Amazing Race or Big Brother Canada, 
and just all of our other stupid conversations, you know, because we do get a bit immature at times, you or think? a lot of times. But, uh, you know, the, you're bound to say a stupid thing here or a stupid thing there, and hopefully the contestants can take it all in stride. And at the for the most part, because that was the thing I was nervous about the finale party, too, is if, you know, like meeting Tyler Oakley, like, is he going to punch me in the face? Like, what's going to happen? But no, we like we had a great time talking for, you know, close to 10 minutes. I will say that there are very few teams that we haven't changed opinion on between the preview and the end of the season. Yeah, that's the thing, too. We know that's what we always have to uh, preface it by, is by saying, we're just going off a little bio and maybe a one-minute video. We know nothing about you heading into the season. And I think most teams do tend to get that, and I'd like to say that we would take back some comments that we made in the 28 preview especially, but I think... It is a rite of passage, and I think a lot of people... I mean, I don't remember us being that maybe kind to Jackie in the preview. I think we might have made a couple of jokes about her. Yeah, like, well, I remember with Laura, I'm like, maybe the ball... I can't remember, I can't only blame Ben Ben so much, because I think I did make the horse and unicorn references <laughs> yeah, at the yes. start of the season that were ditched after two or three weeks. We but... called them Team Human Unicorn, and in fact I did in the uh, the finale, definitely. So things like that where it's like, yeah, man, yeah, that was probably me. That that, that, that definitely isn't a Ben thing. <laughs> Maybe we chat a slight bit of shit about you. Like actually, uh, when Laura and Jackie left at the end of the night, because Jackie gave me a big hug and then Laura did too, and she's like, okay, Logan, you have to promise to be nice from now on. And then I think I, <laughs> Peach Georgia was there too. This might have been my favorite part of the whole night. But then when she told me that, my response is, yeah, I'll be nicer. And then Peach George is like, nicer? Oh, no, Logan. <laughs> but seriously, yeah, it was just... <laughs> like, Laura and Jack were probably two of the people I had the most fun with at the finale party. Well, you can see some from some of the photos and video there. I get the impression that both of those ladies are very fun to hang out with. Yes. Yes, they are. Joey and Kelsey, actually. They showed up there, too. Joey and Kelsey, as soon as they entered the room, uh, recognized me. In fact, I was surprised how many people... Like, I'm not trying to say, oh, I'm such a big deal, but I was just flabbergasted by how many people recognized me by either my voice, where they're like, oh, I think that sounds like Logan. Are you Logan? Or they uh, or they just, re or just visually recognized me from, I guess, some photos online and stuff. So I think the rumor was going around that. I was trying to get into the finale, so maybe that's that's what occurred. And they're like, well, who's that guy that's, you know, just sort of hanging around Justin? I wonder if that's Logan. But yeah, like, Joey and Kelsey recognized me right away when they entered the room. Like, hey, Logan, how's, what's up? And uh, yeah, they... What, what happened? There was one funny moment with them. Oh, yeah. Um, Joey did the Logan... Or did the, the Chris <laughs> impression. Joey did the Chris impression. And nobody videoed this for me. Nobody videoed it. But yeah, he went. He, we were talking right towards the end of the long conversation. He was like, Logan. And then he just started cracking up hysterically at his own impression of Chris. <laughs> so I think he was mentioning you in conversation then. That sounds like Joey. Yeah. And yeah, then we took those couple of pictures together. And yeah, he was very friendly people. Kelsey too. I think it's a different kettle of fish with the 27 cast because I'm pretty sure there's only one team in that cast who haven't at least had a very long conversation with one of us, and that would be Kelly and Siobhan. Yeah. I think every other team we have communicated with in 27, and I I think they were a very fun cast for us to interact with. And they're yeah. the sort of cast we like having because 
they realised that we were chatting shit about them, but it was all meant in good fun. Yeah, and just, you know, like, I got to hang out in Tiffany and Chris's hotel room, like... Who does that? Yeah, who? which which fan would be allowed to do that? Like, not too many people get invited to hang out in the hotel room while two two former NFL cheerleaders are putting on their makeup, you know, that's... That's not that's not that's not a common occurrence. <laughs> no joke. When Justin sent me those pictures on uh, on Saturday, the first thing I did when I came home was get the picture up of you and uh, Tiffany and Krista, and say it doesn't look and uh, have a shit eating grin basically. <laughs> and mum and dad said, "Who's that?" And I said, "Well, it's two former NFL cheerleaders." And uh, mum just said, "Well, he's lucky then, isn't he?" <laughs> so, is there anyone? Oh, any other stories that you would like to tell before we wrap up? Let's see. Oh, the only time I was starstruck the whole night was trying to go up and meet Bertram. That was the only time I felt starstruck the whole evening. Was Was there conversation? There wasn't really conversation, though. This is pretty much the whole interaction with Bertram, is that there was an open bar for two hours. Oh, God. And towards the end of it, like, oh, I got to drink some wine so I have the courage to go up to Bertram. Because everyone else I was fine with talking to... You know, it was a little, little bit after 7 o'clock or so after the finale was over, and I'm, I, I got the feeling that Bertram and Elise were going to be leaving fairly soon, like uh, Justin introduced us earlier. And then Bertram was, no one was really talking to him, and he was like pretty much right near me. And I just go up to him like a second grader and say, hi, I'm Logan. <laughs> and then he just shakes my hands like, oh, nice to meet you, Logan. And then he walks away. And, and that was enough for me. That was enough for me as a fan, you know. 15 years of the amazing race, you know, built built up to that moment of shaking Bertram's hand. You know what my greeting would have been. Mm-hmm. I would have just gone up to him and gone, Bertram! <laughs> but yeah, it was just so awesome to just, you know, all the jokes about him being Dutch aside, like, that was, you know, that was a pretty cool moment to meet Bertram, and I got to talk to Phil uh, twice uh, during the viewing party. You know, there's a lot going on, but yeah, two, I got to talk with Phil twice. One, Justin introduced us, and I just mentioned I was from Canada. He's like, you came down here from Canada? Just being genuinely surprised about that, especially with how, you know, everyone in the viewing party sort of, everyone knew everybody there, so then there's just me who randomly came down. It'd blow his mind if uh, he met me, wouldn't it? Yeah. England? Manchester? Do they have spas there, Michael? Why is your impression of Phil basically John Montgomery? I don't know. All amazing race hosts sound alike. <laughs> uh, but then, uh, then later on in the evening, when he was trying to leave, not trying to leave. Um, <laughs> well, you wouldn't let him. Logan blocked the exit. <laughs> I'm blocking the door, Phil. Phil. <laughs> you're not leaving till you talk to me. Can't leave me, Phil. Um, Please. But, uh, but it was there was uh, I think it was sharing Cole's kids and then like Dana's nieces and nephews who. There was like the star glitter that they had in boxes, and these kids would be throwing the star glitter into everyone's hair. Like, even I got some of the star glitter in my hair uh, by the end of the party. But uh, they uh, targeted Phil a couple times, and then right as Phil was about to leave, um, they gave him a bunch of star glitter. And then uh, I think I just happened to be out there with... Might have been Justin who was there with me? And Phil's like rubbing his hair trying to get all the glitter out. And he's like, man, I'm going to have to spend all night and probably when I shower tomorrow morning, a bunch of the glitter's probably going to come out. So many of these quotes can be taken out of context, by the way. And then, uh, 
<laughs> and then he was trying to leave to the one door. And I think it was Bernie Nashley that were trying to say bye to him. And he's like, no, 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 I can't say bye. I got, I've got to go. I've got to, I've got to go, guys. And then Bernie Nashley kept trying to, kept trying to say bye, but he just wouldn't let them. And he just sort of just slammed the door shut behind him and left. And then I made the joke saying that uh, Phil, Phil eliminates everyone, but no one is allowed to Phil eliminate Phil. So Phil doesn't like to, maybe that's from Phil, you know, is having to do his own farewell with all the teams that he wasn't letting any of the other teams say goodbye to him. Like that's such a, you know, that's how into the amazing race Phil is. And, <laughs> and that was uh, pretty hilarious. And who had a better man bun, you or Joe Anglum? Oh, from Survivor. Oh, yeah. The two-man bun picture. I am very surprised that they didn't cancel each other out. No, it just becomes one Superman bun. Um, I don't know. I think it's a tie. I think it's a tie. Speaking of tie, I got a picture with tie. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> <laughs> and also Dr. Obama, by the look of things. Yes. <laughs> this is a funny story I have to tell. Um, yeah, towards the end of the night... Once the Long Island Ice Tea hit me at the Survivor Party, my ride who took me to the after party was about to go home, and everyone figured out that I wasn't in any shape to try and navigate L.A. to get myself home. And I remember, like, my friend Stephanie, I think, was is was the one who volunteered to take me home, which she eventually did. But uh, she was off elsewhere, and I'm like, oh, how am I going to get home? And I think I ended up going to, up to Dr. Obama and his fiance and be like, oh, can you guys make sure I get home safe? Because <laughs> I'm not even really sure where we are anymore. And they're like, yeah, I guess so. And then Stephanie came over, and they were talking like, oh, you, you guys didn't even come here by car. You just took a cab. Uh, yeah, I guess I'll be the one to uh, take Logan home. Not you guys who don't, who, who don't even have a car or even really know where he where he's staying at in uh, in L.A. <laughs> oh, no. So that's my story with uh, with uh, Peter, is that I try to convince him and his fiancée to give me a lift home. Please tell me that at the Survivor After Party, Long Island Iced Teas were renamed Long Island Tice Teas. Long Island Tice Teas. If only. Another fun moment from the Mason Race finale party was uh, the biggest star of the finale party, actually, was Priscilla, who was Jessica's dog. The dog was just running about the finale party, so yeah. Yeah, I you, you oh you saw Priscilla? Uh, yeah, she was on one of Justin's Snapchats, I think. Mm. There was definitely at least a picture of her. I think there was a video. And uh, oh yeah, this was a fun story with Brittany. I think I initially talked to her for about one or two seconds when she first showed up, and then uh, like but she she was caught up in conversation with somebody else almost right away. And then she was out, outside uh, talking to some people. And then I think she was talking to Justin outside. And then she comes running inside and said, Oh, I, I, I didn't know that was you. I just heard that you were here. That's so awesome that you're here at the finale party. So that was a really cool moment because that was near the beginning where I wasn't sure if anybody was even excited to see me there or even wanted me there. And then sort of like Brittany kind of let me break into the party from that point forward. And it was a cool moment for me to see that somebody was happy by my uh, presence from within the season 28 cast. Is she as fun as I think she is? I think so, yeah. I was. I don't see why not. She didn't do anything uh, at the party that would, or any body language that would make me suggest that she's not fun. But yeah, like, oh yeah, like the pleasant, biggest pleasant surprise, yeah, was, was Jocelyn. Because I know we got to a rocky start too at the start of the season. But yeah, we, we yeah, she ran into me, uh, a few times during the party and was 
super friendly and happy to see me and stuff. Yeah, I, th- I think it was more Aaron who had a problem with this. Yeah, but I don't know. Like, as I said, I don't, I don't even really... I, I don't know if that was really the case, because, I mean, there was a lot of people there, and, you know, you know, seven or eight hours goes by pretty fast in a room full of people where everyone wants to talk to everyone. Like, you don't want to be, like, talking to some... Especially me, you know, being on the outside. I want to be trying to force conversation for a half hour to an hour on a season 28 racer when they're trying to say their farewell to everyone else. Yeah, because that just gets awkward. Yeah. Be like, no, no, don't leave me. I want to talk to you some more. <laughs> so, is there anyone you would like to say thank you to? Um, let's see. Give us a list. Definitely if this, yeah. In terms of, like, contestants? Well, in terms of whoever you want to. Whoever you think will probably be listening to this. Whoever who I think will be listening to this. So, no one? <laughs> yeah. Um, this is an experiment for the podcast to see whether we can just do podcasts where we just chat shit to each other. <laughs> Definitely want to say thanks to Justin, because without him, I wouldn't have been at the finale party. He essentially, he smuggled me in there. He smuggled me in there, just let me blend in on my own, and then everyone was cool with me being there. And plus, you know, getting all the photos and stuff, and the Snapchats, and the videos, and introducing me to so many people. And I would like to say thank you to Justin as well, because he made my weekend just... I mentioned this at the start of last week's podcast, but he made my weekend by just sending me those videos and letting me giggle about the awkward small talk and thinking, this is wonderful material for this week's podcast. And I want to say thanks to Tiffany and Christina for, you know, inviting me up to their hotel room to hang out for a bit before the finale party. And we've been talking with them for quite quite some time. And you know, just getting to know them overall, you know, putting a, a face to the face to the name that I see on screen, I guess. <laughs> uh, let's see who else. Well, the whole season twenty eight cast for welcoming me and feel, making me feel really uh, just relaxed within that atmosphere because I was nervous about how things were gonna go, but I got nothing but positive vibes that whole night from them, from the some of the producers that I talked to, from the racers' families. I mean, I wasn't in, even as a longtime fan. I know how private that party was, and I was not entitled to... Like, we're not entitled to any of that. Like, if it was a private party, then it's a private party. Like, that's just that's just the way it is. But the fact that they were willing to let me make that lone exception pretty much is... You know, I, I can't think of enough... Can't thank them enough for that. And I want to thank Kim and Allie for also being there, because those were some fun conversations, too. Got to chat with Kim about being vegetarian and borderline vegan for a while and then uh justin gave ali and i a lift uh lift home so those are some fun conversations in the car too <laughs> at the end of the night um who else well gotta thank my friend renee who arranged all the sleeping arrangements for me while i was in la and helping me get settled in uh jessica who was pretty much responsible for me to get into the survivor Penelian reunion show and for going to Universal Studios with me. Uh, Stephanie for not letting me get lost while in a taxi with uh, Dr. Obama and his fiance. And feel probably other people that I'm definitely forgetting, but you know, there's so many people who are part of this just absolutely once in a lifetime unforgettable experience as I, you know, travel through LA. And lastly, I'm not sure what the future holds for my relationship or this podcast relationship with Tyler Oakley, but, you know, 
I got the olive branch, you know, tried to have the olive branch out there. And, you know, Tyler Oakley offered the two-bite brownie. And I hope maybe not today or maybe even maybe even not next month or next year, but I th- I'm confident that somewhere down the line that the relationship between myself and Tyler Oakley or this podcast as a whole and Tyler Oakley will be fixed. And if that party was anything to judge by, I think it's already been repaired by now. And, and that's, that's, that's pretty cool. And the final question, where's next? Where are you going to be heading next? Maybe Spain. Surely you've got the travel book now. Oh, you mean between, you know, Toronto and Vegas and now this crazy L.A. trip that somehow worked out? I think probably visiting you, actually, Michael, probably heading over to England and then Spain. We'll have to keep posted, especially if it's uh, instead of 29. We'll have to do some sort of special podcast, won't we? We'll We'll have to do our own one team amazing race for other people to podcast about. We have to do a whole fake season. And then, po- or maybe not other people podcast about, but we do our own fake season, and then, uh, and we come back home from filming, preview our own season, and then podcast about it each week just to get our Amazing Race podcasting fix. Don't even tempt me to set set up a mini Amazing Race for you, because you know I will. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's about it. That was, I mean, there are there are just other stories that come to mind, but. None of them are going to make the podcast, unfortunately. Spoil, spoil. <laughs> <laughs> so, thank you for listening to this very special Reality TV Warriors podcast. You can join us, well, the next coming weeks. I, I'd said it last week, you can join us in the coming weeks at some point. Before Logan and I do preview Amazing Race Canada 4, whenever that will be, hopefully early June. If you've got any questions, you can contact us on our Facebook page, Reality TV Warriors, on our Twitter account at RTV Warriors, or on our own Twitter pages, at MJ Harvestone for me, and at Locus for Quacky for Logan. Bye. Hashtag 213, hashtag Los Angeles, hashtag smuggling in myself into parties, hashtag drunken interactions with Dr. Obama. Hashtag 2 bite brownie. Hashtag 2 bite brownie. Peace. Peace out. A-town. Do-do. 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 Yeah! yeah.